Hi, this is Rackhouse Ramblings. This is episode number 20, take one. Okay, I'm back. This is episode number 20, and back. I'm back in more ways than one. So uh, this episode is going to focus on my weekend getaway. I just came back from a uh, short weekend trip to Northern Kentucky to do uh, some uh, bourbon tasting, some bourbon touring, distillery tours, and just take in the, uh, the Kentucky bourbon experience. So this is different than any trip I've done before. And if you remember from the last podcast or the last two, I've been talking about uh, part of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail called the Bee Line, and the Bee Line focuses on the most northern tip of Kentucky. As soon as you cross Cincinnati into uh, Covington and Florence and Maysville, a couple of the little little towns there along the uh, Ohio River on the northern border of Kentucky. So uh, we ended up leaving on a Saturday morning. Uh, it's about a four-hour drive. Made it into uh, Kentucky by one or two o'clock, I think it was, and then kept right on going. Well, actually, it was a little bit before. Uh, one o'clock because uh, we had a tour set up uh, at the very first distillery was Saturday afternoon at two o'clock and it's a small craft distiller called Old Pogue Distillery and and Pogue is spelt uh, a funny way P-O-G-U-E and if you wanted to go to the internet and uh, look it up you could look up uh, here it is oldpogue.com and they have a really nice website um and what I'm finding out is everyone that has like a good web presence doesn't always have a good uh, physical presence. And so Ann and I went to this tour. And what we found out is being a craft distiller, they're much, 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 much smaller than uh, any of the distilleries that uh, we had been to in the past. And so at this distillery, it was really, um, so think of this, there's a side of a hill and you drive into park and you have to zigzag down to a parking spot and there's probably only four parking spots and that's no shit and they weren't even marked out you're just parking in the gravel and so there's an old old house and if you go to their website you'll see this old two-story house that overlooks the river and uh across from it is it looks like almost i don't want to say a shed but not quite a garage and that's where they make the bourbon it was a really small building um and when i say small i mean Probably the size, a two-car garage would probably be a good description of it. And inside there, they have some barrels, they have uh, some vats, some containers, and they have a still, and they make bourbon there. Extremely, extremely small batch. Um, uh, It's gotten a lot of awards and things like that. So Ann and I show up, and of course, with the COVID, you have to wear your mask and all that. And after the long ride, I was looking for a bathroom, and they had nothing because apparently to have a bathroom open during the corona pandemic... Uh, they don't want people touching the toilet handle, so you need a toilet that has an automatic flush. And the gentleman said, sorry, we don't have an automatic flush toilet. So needless to say, I had to go over in the bushes next to the truck and pee. I had to go to, I had to pee so, so bad. But anyway, let's get back to the, the bourbon. So we drove down Saturday, get made it just in time to this distillery. And as soon as you cross the river into Kentucky, it was still another 30 miles, 45 minutes on these little two-lane roads. So it is the furthest distillery on the B line in this, um, craft distillery tour. So we did that one first day, knocked it out. And, uh, so we go in there and another thing with the the pandemic going on is, um, we weren't allowed to step into the distillery itself. So 
the gentleman explained they're in the process of bottling and everything is bottled by hand. And because it's such a, a small building, think of it as a two car garage, they wouldn't let uh, anyone go in there uh, because they didn't want anything contaminated. So you had to, he opens these two doors and uh, he says, okay, you can look, but you can't really cross the welcome mat. And uh, that was about the extent of their bourbon tour. <laughs> Needless to say, it was free. <laughs> it was a free tour. And I wanted to go there just to see, you know, because I was interested in bourbon and everything. And apparently the story of this place goes that uh, there used to be a couple of big warehouses and a big distillery all uh, in front of the house, right at the uh, bank of the river. But over time, um, with uh, prohibition and all that, they went out of business, the buildings burned down, were condemned and bulldozed. So all that's left is this home residence from the original Pogue uh, Distill Company. Distillery, I should, get, I should say. And uh, he goes on and on, tell the history and everything. Um, it was kind of a letdown, I guess, because... I'm used to seeing, being, I'm a hands-on person, if you know me, and I want to get in and see it and feel it and touch it and all, and we couldn't do any of that. So he, he brings our group, and I want to say there are six or eight people in the group, and uh, he says, you know what, let's come on back up to the house. You can walk in this living room, there's a lot of history, and they, they have a, a nice gift shop with all sorts of gifts and everything, and uh, has uh, uh, almost like a little museum on the wall of all the historic people and the pictures of what this area used to look like when they were a big distilling uh, operation. So uh, we gather out on the front porch and we had to maintain our social distance. So the gentleman had everything all set up out there six feet apart. And uh, we were able to taste, they have two products there. They have a straight bourbon whiskey and they have a rye whiskey. And they were both good. We tasted them both. Um, the straight, the bourbon was 91 proof um, and they called a small batch. It was, I wanna say it was uh, eight or 10 barrels to a batch. Um, and it was a normal, uh, what do you call it? Like a 750 ml bottle, fifth bottle. And they were selling it for $110. And then they also had a rye malt whiskey, uh, for $65. And they were both very, very good. Well, I shouldn't say very, very good. They were, they were above average. Let's put it that way. Um, they weren't good enough that I felt to buy it for $110 and, um, Ann and I talk quite a bit about this and for me, it's about the experience and about the story and about having something different on my shelf to compare to. And it would have been nice if they had had a bottle half the size. Cause I wouldn't have, I would have probably spent $55 because I drove all the way there. I would have probably bought something, but they only had the $110 bottle. So it's called old Pogue. Um, you can't get it. I've never seen it here in Michigan. It, it's apparently a very limited, limited release in, uh, Kentucky, Illinois, and New York. And that's the same thing with their uh, rye uh, rye whiskey. So Old Pogue, that was stop number one. So we finished up there and uh, turned around, had a nice drive in the country, followed the river all the way back uh, to the northern tip of Kentucky where we were going to stay. And uh, the town we stayed in was actually called Newport. And it's right next to uh, the bridge, there's the main bridge as you come along I-75 from Cincinnati and you cross right in. It's, that town's called Covington. So directly to the east of that, uh, there was a, uh, the next town over would be Newport. And the other thing I didn't know, I always thought there was one bridge when you cross from Cincinnati into Kentucky, but there's a number of bridges. And so as I use Google Maps to get to our destination, the, the hotel we were staying at, it took us through Cincinnati, through past the, the Bengal Stadium and past the Red Stadium. 
And then we jumped over, we uh, took another bridge over. And uh, so we stayed in this town called Newport. And uh, our next stop was a four o'clock tour at a place called uh, New Rift Distilling. And this was in downtown Maysville. And it was directly from right in their parking lot, you can see the Ohio River. And uh, this is a newer, a new, not only is the company called New Rift, but it is a new or recently made uh, distillery. So the building's brand new, everything's brand new. Pardon me. So as we're doing this, I am trying to uh, coordinate this with a web search because if you remember from last time, I'm not typing very much anymore. So it's called New Riff, N-E-W-R-I-F-F. And so we go to this New Riff distillery and it's a really, really busy parking lot. And it turns out in the same parking lot is a giant party store called the Party Source. And the story with this distillery is a gentleman owned the giant party store, saw an opening and had an interest to make a distillery. So he built a distillery and I, apparently you can't own the two same thing, the party store and the distillery. So he sold the party store and now it's employee owned. Um, but think of a store the size of Kroger with nothing but liquor and wine and beer. And then look across the parking lot, and here's a brand spanking new distillery, and it's called New Riff, and really, really neat. They have it set up. It's very tour-friendly, very people-friendly. Um, right from the parking lot, you can see the still, and it's just a just, uh, giant copper pot with a, a stack coming up the top, Really, really, and it's all glass front, so you can see it. And then um, on the upper floors, there's an open... Uh, deck at the top of the building and there's a bar up there so as we, when you finish your tour you f how convenient right you finish up at the bar and you get your samples and then you can walk right over to the bar and order a drink and sit out on the deck sit out on the roof overlooking the Ohio River you can see uh, the town of Newport Kentucky and look across you can see Cincinnati so it was really really neat we had uh, we had signed up for the tour Ann and I, and there was just two other people with us. There was four of us on the tour, and we had a really cool guide. His name is Grover, and he explained that he used to work at the party store. And when he, they opened the distillery, he moved over to the distillery, and he is called a brand ambassador. And this guy was really cool. He was really knowledgeable, really enthusiastic, took us through this tour. So we get to see, um, we started out, it's funny, right in the parking lot of the building, and one of the uh, most interesting things about bourbon is, and you probably heard me say it before, is every distillery uh, is near a water source because they all want that Kentucky uh, limestone filtered water. And because these guys were right in downtown in a, in a uh, uh, urban area, they didn't have a water source, so they had to drill a well. And he goes, yeah, look right out in the parking lot. And sure enough, right in front of the building, he goes, you see that metal plate? Right below there is our well. And it goes all the way down to uh, get us well water. And that's where we get our well for our water for the uh, distillery. And I thought that was kind of neat. So we uh, continue on with the tour. He takes us around behind the building to show us where the grains come in. So the big rigs will come in with corn, with uh, rye, uh, uh, malted barley and things like that. And he shows us how that is all loaded up. And then uh, we go inside the building. He shows us where it's all ground up and then kept right on going, showed us where uh, 
we go to the still. We went through the whole process. And the really cool thing was he took us to the room where they're making the mash. And the mash is like uh, oat, yellow oatmeal looking, right? And when they pour in the uh, yeast and it starts eating it all bubble. And if you look on my Instagram, I posted uh, today, uh, which is Monday, a little short four second video of uh, the tub with the mash in it. And you can see it bubbling, not because there's a flame underneath, not because it's cooking, but that's the yeast uh, giving off carbon dioxide. It was really, really cool. I liked it. So I, that's why I shot that little video. So he continued on with the tour. We got to see and touch and feel everything. And uh, he explained the whole story, the new riff and how they, they own the party store and things like that. And at the end, we got to taste uh, their products. They had a, uh, a rye, they had a single barrel, they had a bourbon, uh, straight bourbon. Uh, They're also into gin. And I did not sample the gin. I'm not a big fan of gin. Didn't really seem interesting to me, but that was one of the products that they were uh, showing off as well. And another cool thing is when you took their tour, the tour at New Riff is $10. But when you're done with the tour and you go down to the gift shop or you go to the bar, you get $10 off. So the money you spent on the tour, you're going to get right back if you buy something, even if it's just a drink at their bar upstairs. So I thought that was really cool. I went downstairs. Uh, we bought a, a bottle of the uh, uh, straight bourbon whiskey. Actually, I got a bottle of the single barrel on my shelf right now. And uh, the cool thing was they had, uh, what else did they have in there? All their products, of course, t-shirts and things like that. And I bought a little couple of samples of honey, but that was kind of one of the highlights of our uh, day. So we spent the whole day driving, then got to Old Pogue. And really, I was kind of, um, I don't want to say disappointed, but yeah, I guess I was disappointed with the lack of uh, in stuff there at that one. But when I came to New Riff, I uh, kind of got a little pep in my step from that one anyway. So we wrapped that up by now it's, you know, five or six o'clock, something like that. So Ann and I, uh, decided to go to our hotel and check in. It's a brand new hotel called a loft or a loft or something. And it overlooked the river right there and uh, nice place, a little bit noisy. I don't know if I would stay there again. It was kind of like a hip hop hotel, a lot of parties going on. Uh, not everyone was compliant with their Corona with their COVID, uh, precautions and things like that and PPE. So, of course, Anne was a little bit leery, but we did our best to clean our hands and wear our masks and things like that. So we were a little bit late arriving because, and my plan was to try a couple of the restaurants on the Beeline. And remember, if you want to do this Beeline tour, they have a website called uh, findyoursippingpoint.com. And the website lists all these places. So there's four distilleries, there's five bars, and there's five restaurants listed all on the Beeline. So we had knocked off two of the distilleries on the very first day on Saturday. So my plan was to get to at least one of the restaurants and one of the bars on Saturday night. So it turned out we were kind of tired of driving and it turned out all the restaurants were a couple miles away. And I really wanted to just stop driving and walk around downtown. So we ended up uh, not going to one of the restaurants on the B-Line. We found a burger spot uh, about, a, uh, I don't know. 10, 15 minute walk away. So we walked over there and then uh, that turned out to be near a uh, bar called the Prohibition Bourbon Bar. And so we walked over there after dinner and that's on the, the Beeline bars list, but it was closed. So disappointed again, <laughs> again with the Beeline. So uh, we ended up going back to our room, called it a night. It was kind of a long day and uh, started fresh on Sunday. And uh, we woke up Sunday morning and I wanted uh, to have a, a good breakfast because usually I like to skip lunch quite. If I can eat a good breakfast, I'll skip lunch. 
So I dragged in. We tried to go to a Bob Evans course. was really busy. Try, so we ended up going to a big boy and had breakfast. And interestingly enough, this big boy was really compliant with their uh, Corona stuff. So they really only had every other table and even less than that. So uh, that was kind of nice. And they had a breakfast buffet, but you don't get to serve yourself. So the breakfast buffet was showing. You could see it, but it was glassed off and there was somebody behind it and you would just direct them as to what things you wanted on your plate. And I thought that was a pretty cool compromise. You know, uh, biscuits, gravy, eggs, all that. But the other person on the other side of the glass would scoop it for you. And then you'd work your way down. At the end, they would hand you your plate. And it, so I thought that was a really good compromise. Anyway, so after that, we uh, got on the road and headed to our stops for the day. We had two more distilleries that I wanted to go to. So the, the and uh, the next one was called Boone County Distilling. And bear with me one second. I'm going to type it in here. And uh, Boone County Distilling, just like New Riff and just like Old Pogue, are very small and they are considered uh, craft distillers. Let's see, distillery. Okay, here they are. It's called BooneDistilling.com. And what this is, it was, uh, there's an industrial park and these guys built a distillery in this industrial park. Uh, right off the freeway, right off I-75, and um, uh, very small. Think of um, a warehouse with like a store in the front. A really neat decor, really neat design, and uh, really, really, uh, I liked it. It was very hands-on. Everyone was uh, real cordial, uh, told us about everything, how they got the name, and really it was just some investors gotten together. But the thing is, you have to have somebody that knows what they're doing to be the master distiller. And that's what these guys do. They, they uh, have their shit together. They have a nice a mash bill. They have a room where the same idea, the grain comes in, they grind it up, mix it together as a mash bill, and start making bourbon. And it's like walking into Wild Turkey or Jim Beam or any of those, but on a much, much, much smaller scale. Really cool. And uh, they call it a tour, but really you're just walking around this little warehouse and it's not very big by any means. Bigger than a garage, of course, but uh, our tour guide works, you know, everyone works there part-time as a matter of fact. And they don't have much heritage per se, but the products they have, they name them after um, uh, famous people in the area related to the bourbon industry. So they want you to think, oh, we've been around for years and years, but really they haven't. And so they walked us around. And so as you're looking at the still right in front of you, turn right around and there's somebody bottling the bourbon and they're also labeling it right there. So they peel the sticker off, put it on the bottle, uh, uh, do the heat shrink on the top and all that. So the, even the labels could be crooked because it's all done by hand. And to me, I thought that was pretty cool. And the other thing too is they have um, a single barrel product, but then they all they their normal product is called small batch. And they told me right there, small batch is only eight barrels. So if you were to go to Maker's Mark and you wanted a small batch of Maker's Mark, you might get a small batch of 100 barrels or 50 barrels, something like that. So there is no rule on small batch, but here at Boone County, small batch is eight barrels. And to me, that says a lot. That's a lot more intimate, a lot more personal. And then, uh, so we walk through their little distilling part and then right across the parking lot, here's this, uh, uh, another garage that's pretty much a pole barn made out of steel, 
with barrels stacked up in it. And it looks like a miniature rickhouse. It was pretty cool. And um, so we walk in there and there's a few hundred barrels sitting there uh, with different dates on it. It was real interesting. It was, it was a lot smaller than what I was used to, but the same process, same product, same passion. You could definitely tell um, they are very passionate about their product. And uh, when we went for back to the front of the building, right where the, where you walk in the front door is a gift shop. They have a little tasting area and a tasting area is just some some small bar tables and a little bartender area at the front. And they give you a tasting of uh, each of their products. The cool thing is too, is not only do they have bourbon and uh, a rye, uh, they did a gin also, um, but they let you taste, uh, I guess you might call it moonshine, but it's the clear alcohol before it goes into the barrel. So I thought that was pretty interesting. You could even buy a bottle of it. And so here's, you know, he holds up the two things and says, here's what it looks like before it goes into the barrel and here's what it looks like after. So it's same product, but completely different taste. And I thought that was pretty interesting too. So um, while we were there, then he told us about another product they have is a, uh, a bourbon cream. And Ann and I really, we've had them before and we really like them. And so we sampled their bourbon cream was so, so good. And then um, we liked it so much after our tour, they had, you could buy a little craft drink there. And one of them was a root beer float with bourbon cream. And I am telling you, that's going to be on one of, probably my next podcast will be my, in the bourbon spotlight is a little recipe, how to make this uh, root beer float with bourbon cream was so, 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 so good. So we had those. And uh, of course, I walked out of there with a bottle of their small batch bourbon. Um, and this, I guess if you, you think about it, it was the same price as the old Pogue, but he sold a smaller bottle. So for $50, I got to get their small batch. Um, I like the story behind it. I like the taste. It was pretty darn smooth. There's no burn at all. Uh, really good finish. So we're going to be talking about that. I know I'll save that for another podcast. So here we are. We started out this morning, had breakfast, went to Boone County. That was at 12. And then uh, after Boone County, we drove to another one. And this was the fourth stop on the uh, craft distillery part of the uh, bourbon trail. And this was called the Neely Family Distillery. And it's N as in Nancy, E-E-L-Y. Let's see, I'm typing it in right now. Family distillery. And this might be one of my favorite stops so far out of all the places we went to. And um, if you're driving down I-75 and you see directions to Kentucky Speedway, the NASCAR place, this distillery is on the street right in front of that racetrack. And I call it a distillery once again, but really this is just a small building with a couple of outbuildings um, the building kind of looks like a, a Cracker Barrel building. It, it's pretty small. And the story is, this is a family that has been bootlegging moonshine for many, 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 many years, and they've gone legal. And that's, it was pretty cool. It gives you the whole story behind it. And uh, when we walked in, of course, there's nobody in there. This is a Sunday afternoon. And the, the gentleman says, you know, there's nobody around uh, he goes, we usually did tours at two. I know it's two fifteen, but why don't I walk you around anyway? So we did. And it was just Ann and myself and we got the, a really good tour of this place. It was cool. All the same stuff you would see in a giant distillery, 
scaled down, scaled way, 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 way down. And um, all the same processes have the grain, have the, the uh, grinder to grind it up and had the vats. The cool thing about this one is they have these cypress vats, looks like a, a wooden hot tub with all the mash in it, just the same as everyone else. But they were right there out in the open that you could see and put your hands in and everything it was really, really cool. And then uh, they had three different stills in there. And that, I guess that's part of the family secret are this, is the, uh, the still itself. Um, it looks like it was distilled three times to get their bourbon. And um, like the other ones, they had more than one product. So they have bourbon. They have moonshine. If you want real moonshine, they have a product called Bourbon White Dog, which is the bourbon before it goes into the barrel. Then they start selling some of the flavored whiskeys, which is common right now. So they had one that was salted caramel, one that was cinnamon, one was apple pie, and one was lemon drop. They also have a pink lemon drop as well and a sweet tea. We didn't try any of those or any of the other. They had a blackberry moonshine, a peach cobbler moonshine. We didn't try any of that. But they did have, once again, these uh, uh, bourbon creams. And one uh, they're calling it a moonshine cream, whatever. One was chocolate truffle. One was a uh, creamsicle. And the third one, oh boy, I can't remember the third one. We, we ended up buying the chocolate truffle and the creamsicle, as a matter of fact. They were so, so, so good. And the other cool thing about this uh, distillery is you were able to bottle your own uh, single barrel bourbon whiskey right there. And it's no extra charge. For $30, I was able to get a single barrel straight bourbon whiskey right out of the barrel. And he go, I, I asked the guy, they had the little display sitting there. I said, hey, can I do this? He goes, sure. Come on back here. We walked back into the distillery and here's a barrel, the actual single barrel on a stand with a hand pump. He goes, here you go. Here's a bottle. And we pump it. One pump filled up one bottle. So I, I bought one for me and one for my buddy Mick and um, pumped it again put the lid in right in the cork. It was okay. Let's go out front. And we went out into the uh, gift shop and they had a little table set up with all the labels. So when you label it, you put their brand, their brand label was called uh, Neely family distillery, Kentucky straight bourbon. And then they have a little label that shows the mash bill. So this mash bill was 76% corn, 19% wheat and 5% malt. And it shows that it came from barrel number seven and the barrel char was a level three. Um, it was a 30 gallon barrel and they even have a strand of yeast and we'll talk about yeast in a minute has the proof is 103.6 and it was aged 27 months. And then the other thing you get to do is put another label, the date that it was barreled, um, the date that it was, uh, bottled and then, uh, the name of it, rye or rye not is what they call it. And then another label on the back. So you put all the labels on, I put the seal across the top, all that sort of thing. And it was really cool. Cause for me that I want, I came for bourbon and I can bottle my own. So I was part of the process and it was a pretty darn good bourbon. And what surprised me is that it's only aged just over two years to get this this quality of bourbon. I was pretty, pretty darn impressed. And while we were walking around back there, I'd ask the, the tour guide, you know, hey, do you guys use a special yeast? And he goes, as a matter of fact, we do. We have our own proprietary yeast. And he goes, right now, if you look over there, we're adding onto the building. And this is our very own yeast room. And if you know anything about bourbons and even beer making and things like that, um, 
yeast is very important. And if you can have your own specific yeast, that helps to determine your flavor. And uh, that helps to have consistency across your product. So if you have one strain of yeast that you're going to always use, you'll get uh, a consistent flavor throughout. And he said, yeah, as a matter of fact, we have our own yeast and we're going to start storing yeast for other people. And and yeast is going to, it sounds like going to be a big, important part of their uh, business in the future. So it was pretty cool. And then as we're walking out, I noticed a sign on the wall and it was from a discovery channel. And apparently the Neely family that, that this distillery is about uh, was on moonshiners. They went from selling illegal moonshine to selling it legal. And I had no idea. I'd never watched the show, but I might have to check it out now. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And the kid that owns it is actually the youngest distiller in the world. He is just out of college, young, young kid that happens to be involved in this Neely family. And, and his uh, line is, you know, the Beams are the most popular name in the bourbon industry legally. He goes, the Neely family is the most popular for illegal, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. So that, that was the uh, fourth stop on it. So after this one, Ann and I uh, had one more stop just up the road was a place that we had talked about on one of my uh, previous podcasts. It's called Big Bone Lick State Park. You heard it right. And we always wanted to know what it was because we'd always driven by it on I-75. So we went to the state park. And really, it, it's uh, the park is known for the uh, uh, dinosaur bones that they find there. It's a historic area that's known for having uh, mastodon, bones and things like that. And they do archaeological digs. And it was very, very popular. We were there Sunday and there was quite a few people there. And uh, we did a little trail walk. They have a herd of bison that are there. And that's another thing they're known for uh, is old bison bones and things like that. And one of the more famous things that uh, that uh, was interesting to me was that um, Lewis and Clark were there for three weeks prior to going on their uh, exploration uh, out west that uh, Thomas Jefferson wanted them to go there and uh, study all these bones and things for a few weeks before they did their journey of exploration, which I, I thought was cool. I saw, so I grabbed a little map out of the gift shop for that. So we were there, we did a hike, couldn't really see much. Um, there was just so many people there. And, but I had to stop anyway to say I'd always, I went to Big Bone Lick, uh, Kentucky. <laughs> and speaking, so another fun thing we did there is they had something called trail bingo in the, in the um, gift shop in the ranger station. You can grab this piece of paper. It's a bingo card. And as you walk the trail, you can mark things off. So one of the things on the bingo trail was a spider. Another one, or on the bingo card, I should say, was a butterfly or a bench, a bird nest, um, an acorn, a squirrel. So as you found these different things, you could do trail bingo, which I thought was funny. And, you know, before I get further along, right after breakfast, we uh, were waiting. We had to kill a little bit of time before we went to uh, our first distillery. And we decided to stop at Costco because, of course, Ann and I like Costco. And we went to Kentucky Costco. I said, oh, great, this will be cool. Maybe I can find something different here. And sure enough, we did. I, I bought some, a case of Yingling's beer, which was cool. And as we go up to the register, uh, the lady says, oh, you have to wait 10 more minutes. We uh, we can't sell before 11. I said, oh, okay, it's 10.50. And so Ann goes, uh, I'm going to run to the restroom. You know, I'll be right back. So as she went to the restroom, I decided to play Costco Hide and Seek. Now, if you've never played Costco Hide and Seek, it's because I made it up. It's one, a game that I play. 
and Anne didn't know she was playing it at the time. But so she went to the bathroom. When she went to the bathroom, I took off in the store and I found a place to hide. And right away, I got out my phone <laughs> and took a picture of where I was standing. It was near the, some aluminum foil display or something. And I said, uh, we're playing Costco. I sent her a text message, you know, we're playing Costco hide and seek. You got to try and find me. And I waited a few minutes and I took the picture and I sent her the picture as a clue. And lo and behold, she wasn't even looking. Her phone was in her purse, of course. So 10 minutes go by, 15 minutes go by. And I'm thinking, oh boy, something's up. But finally, I think it was probably 20 minutes later, she checked her her uh, phone and saw the text message and came over to me and she looked a little stern on her face. I thought it was funny. She didn't think it was very funny. But anyway, so we walked around Costco trying to find, I was thinking, oh, maybe they have bourbon, maybe they have liquor, something different. Because I know our Costco here in Northville, I think technically uh, Livonia doesn't have it, doesn't have any uh, liquor as a matter of fact, just beer and wine. So I said, okay, whatever. I've got uh, the beer. I got uh, some yingling. Let's get out of here. And as we're walking out, in the cart area, which is the outer part of the building, I look over to the right and here's a separate little, almost like a store with a giant roll-up door. It has a sign that says liquor. Bingo. We walked in and there it was. There was everything. There was bourbon, there was tequila, there's vodka, all kinds of stuff in there. And sure enough, they had some deals. And I will tell you what, um, we found Angel's Envy which normally here in Michigan, uh, $59, anyway, 59 to $65 seems to be the going price. They had it there for $39.99. No kidding. 30, that's a $20 savings right there. So I did a couple of those. Um, another thing they had was uh, Old Forester Rye for $19.99. I thought that was a great deal. Uh, $17.92 small batch. I, I'll post a picture. I think it was $23.99, $24.99. That's a... F four dollars cheaper than everywhere else and then uh they also had which we don't have here at our livonia store is uh a costco bourbon so i got a seven-year-old costco bourbon uh to sample we'll talk more about that but it was pretty cool costco had some some good deals uh but being costco they deal more in volume so instead of buying a regular size bottle you had to get the double size and i I might've bought some other things, but I didn't want, you know, the half gallon of bullet. I didn't want the half gallon of maker's mark. I like just my normal size bottles that, that I can, uh, uh, rotate through my stock that I can drink and I won't have them for a year, you know, but, uh, Costco liquor section was pretty cool. So that was another exciting part of our day. So after that, yeah, how'd it go? We, uh, went to that, went to Neely, went to, boy, oh boy, Boone County. And then, uh, boy, oh, so that we were, that was our trip. That was our day. Let me think about it. Wow. So we did, we went to Boone County, we went to Neely, we went to Costco, uh, went to Big Bone Lick Stain Park, and then headed back to the hotel. And by then we were pretty hungry because we had kind of skipped through lunch. And uh, of course, uh, the restaurants from the Beeline, from the Find Your Sipping Point, were all closed on Sunday evening, which was another shitty thing. And so were all the bars. And I thought, well, okay. And looked right across from our hotel is a place called Hoff Brow House. And Hoff Brow House is a place we had seen before in Columbus. It is a German restaurant. And so we walked in there and it turned out to be the same company. And it's so, so good. If you like uh, beer, if you like sausage, like pretzels, everything was authentic German. And sure enough, they had a couple of uh, 
beer distilling pots in there. The place was really, really cool. And when you walk in, you think of Oktoberfest and polka music and those big long tables that you see on TV, and that's what they had there. So Ann and I went and had a giant pretzel with uh, the, bar, the beer cheese and mustard and things like that. We had uh, potato pancakes. I sampled uh, the bratwurst, the beerwurst, and the can't remember the third is three different types of sausages and we had a great time and uh, that ended up kind of wrapping up our trip right there and uh, we did a little bit of walking that evening to get in and steps and that's pretty much the quick synopsis of our uh, of our bourbon getaway we uh, got up in the morning and headed on home and that was uh, it was pretty uneventful easy ride home but what I'm going to do I'll promise you guys this I have uh, a bunch of bourbons to sample uh, I'll probably go more into depth on each one of these distilleries other than the old Pogue. Um, give you guys a heads up on that. We'll talk more about it and I'd definitely be sampling, uh, some other bourbons. We went back to the party source on, on uh, Monday morning when they opened and I got quite a few bottles, uh, added to the collection that we can compare and take notes and things like that. So, uh, I guess that's going to be about it. I'll wrap us, wrap up episode 20 and uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to call this the end of season one for Rackhouse Ramblings. So we will start the uh, next season with a bunch of fresh new bottles, fresh new things to spotlight and new things to talk about. And I'm going to call it season two because I can, because it's my show. And I will wrap up season one, episode 20, Rackhouse Ramblings. Uh, thanks for listening. This is Jeff, and we will talk to you guys later.